Welcome to the Fowler's Roost Podcast, a hunting and fishing talk show bringing you professional outdoor guiding adventures, trending news, product reviews, and tips from industry experts. So take a load off, settle in, and stay a while with your host, professional hunting and fishing guide and lifelong outdoorsman, Captain Jay Barnes. Hey folks, welcome to episode number four of the Fowler's Roost podcast, titled Every Man's Success. It is believed that uh, it has a lot to do with the women that he chooses to have in his life. And my two guests today are just that. Two very important women that I hold very close to my heart, Miss Robin Barnes, my big sister, and my soulmate, and the most important cog in the wheel here at Frontenac Fowler's. Mrs. Michelle Shelley Barnes. Sit back and enjoy a little history on, and some backstory, if you will, behind who I am and who I hold close to my heart. I'd like to introduce today my first guest, my big sister, if you will, Robin Barnes. Robin, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here, honey. How are you? Thanks so much. I'm great. Uh, this is uh, this is super super exciting for me uh you know been wanting to do this for a long time and episode one tells a little backstory uh, if you will about uh you know the the history behind the show and stuff but uh so glad to have you here you know you, you are a huge part of of my life you know we've we've grown up together um and and succeeded together and leaned on one another over the years as far as uh, the business stuff which we'll talk about here in a little bit but uh just so exciting to have you here on, on this type of a platform i'm so honored to be here and i'm so flipping proud of you i'm so proud let's do this yeah i mean it's it's uh it's definitely exciting so let's get right into it i guess we we've got uh, uh quite a bit of family history um uh, you know, you're a small town girl, which everybody knew back then, which is kind of like me. I'm a small town boy. You know, you vacated the premises and I stuck <laughs> around, but uh, it's uh, it, it's hard. To, it's hard to get away with anything around here. And, I, and I'm sure you experienced that as a kid. What's that saying about you can take the girl out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the girl? Yeah, 10-4. Yeah. Well, here's the deal, too, is social media. Like, then we couldn't get out of, away from anything because it was so small. But now there's social media. So you got to be careful here, too. So just... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, without, without a doubt, without a doubt, you <laughs> no know, <pictures. laughs> yeah, no, no, pictures. Pictures. no, there's no pictures of our past. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's, that's one of the reasons we got away with so much I know. back then because there was no pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see that meme on uh, Facebook all the time. <laughs> and still you send me some from the past that I'm like, eek, what were, what <laughs> was that taken? What I, know, you, I, I destroy that. I, I'm I'm good at digging that stuff up. Actually, it's 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 mom. Actually, that uh, you know, you, you talk about a, another driving force behind me. Uh, I, I didn't quite include her in this because she's not uh, she can't hear, so I can't really talk to her, and get good responses. You know what I mean? It's very unfortunate, but uh, I, I dig up those things from her. She's got thousands of pictures upstairs in that cabin. You know what I mean? It's and that's where I get it from. <laughs> hmm. But it is what it is. But we, and, you know, it, talking about back in the day and, and growing up, um, quite a quite a bond um, we've had with with the men in our family. And you know, your dad, my dad, 
Grampy. Um, you know, talk a little bit about that. Okay, so um, I didn't have the traditional mother, father, sibling, family. I was raised by my grandparents. And that in itself was um, challenging. Um, and But family was everything. They provided everything I needed. Um, but not having siblings was hard. And what I don't know if you even realize is that your dad and I literally grew up together too. Like we, right. uh, my grandparents had a mom pod grocery store, like, you know, back in the day, wooden, wooden floors, the whole nine yards. Barnes is mid-state. Barnes mid-state. That's right. right. And um, they worked all the time. Like I remember Gramps would wake up at, you know, oh, dark 30 in the morning. And he was down at the store by six and he was the butcher and, you know, the, of course, the co-owner uh, and manager. And so I needed like back then it was a nanny and that was my, that was my aunt. It was our great aunt, Aunt Bib. Right, right. Woody was the same. So Woody and I grew up under the same roof. Like during the day we were together. And I, I remember fighting over cartoons Saturday morning. And I remember, you know, fighting over food and he used to prank me all the time. So it was like, he was my big brother then. Right. So, right. Um, and then when we, when, you know, when everything happened, we lost some family members and um, my grandfather died. Woody kind of stepped in as, as, as a father figure. So he went sure. from big brother to father figure because sure. I really wasn't as close to my dad. My dad and I were kind mm -hmm. of estranged, but I mean, we loved each other, but we just sure. Sure. raised together. Yeah. And so when you were born, you were like my, it was so weird. Like you were my little brother and your, your dad was like my dad. And that's we great. Just had Nobody this, calls me little. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> we had this connection that, you know, it couldn't have been broken. There was this bond that was like there. I remember my grandfather died. This is one of the memories like still brings tears to my eyes is that I was so hurt because he was my everything. We were so close. Right. And I don't know how old you were, Jay, but I remember. It was that, 1977, you know, if I remember. How old were you? Uh, five. Okay, so oh, man, I don't even think you were that old. And I mean, it just you just seem smaller to me because I was younger, and I just remember the moment that I'm just I'm I'm devastated and I'm crying. And I can't stop crying. And you come over and you hug me as this little boy. You hug me and you just hug me so tight, and you don't let me go. And. It, it was like you were trying to take the pain and saying, I understand, you know, yeah. and um, there's a lot of things that I don't remember about my youth, but that one I will always remember. There's this connection that, you know, we bonded and, and imprinted on each other. We're like, there, we're, we're sister, brother. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have a, a absolute terrible memory when it comes to stuff like that. So it, it, even, even some of the hunts that I do that, that, you know, the times that we've had, I do so much of it. I, I can't remember at all. And when I get my return customers, you know, I, I have over a 90% return ratio of my clientele. And great. It, <laughs> they want more. I mean, it, you know, and, and to hear the, some of the stories and stuff that these guys tell of stuff that I've done, it's like, oh, all right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, for you, for you to bring that up in, in particular is, is something that, that, you know, maybe I, I still do that to this day with, with, with many people and, and especially my close friends and people that you try to help. You know what I mean? That's just who I am. That's, that's what I do. That's how I do what I do. I wear my heart on my sleeve and that it comes, it came naturally. You know what I mean? Uh, so have you, provided, no you provided so much comfort to me that nobody else could. And I just to that to this day, I remember, and I'm thankful for it because like I said, my grandfather was my world. Yeah. Yep. And, and, I want to lead that right into, you know, subsequently one might say that there's uh, 
an entrepreneurial bond possibly between the, 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 the three men, you know, um, which is where you and I get it from. I mean, uh, dad, you know, dad was a, uh, prison guard. He was not a corrections officer. He was a prison guard, but he missed his calling. He should have been a lawyer. I mean, you know, car salesman, magazine salesman, you know, yeah. but when I, before I was even born, you know, he, the guy could sell ice to an Eskimo. I was just going to say that I was going to use that. You yeah. took it. I was yeah. like, he could. He yeah. could sell ice to an Eskimo. He, yeah. he could. Yeah, he really could, you know. And 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 Uncle Freddie, your dad, you know, had the, had the liquor store. And I was brought up there, worked for him, learned, uh, yeah. you know, business and, and how to deal with customers and stuff in the public. And, yeah. um. It, you know, and Grampy owning the store, you know, you, you got to see that because you lived there. You know what I mean? Yeah. We all we all did as kids, you know, we were in and out of there might have been just grabbing candy. But, you know, you think back and, and that's stuff that you learn. You, you know, you learn that hard drive. You learn that work ethic. You know, Grampy's there every morning without yeah. fail. Oh, yeah. And sometimes they close the store down at 10. Like I literally I think to myself, if it wasn't my great aunt. I literally would have raised myself. Yeah. You know, but between Aunt Bib and Woody, you know, your dad, I literally would have raised myself because, and back then there wasn't, you know, like, well, I don't want to even go into the times of, of, you know, what we did and where we were. And, and we were pretty much on our own anyways, because our parents did work. Both parents worked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, we won't, uh, we won't get into discussion of the basement antics around the pool table. Yeah, no, no, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was uh, some time spent there. Uh, you know, I can remember, you know, spending time up there, you know, all the Christmas parties and the going up to the big swimming pool. And yeah. it's just, you know, those are those are the days, you know. But, but let's, let's go back to work ethic. So, yeah, we were we were raised in a time where, uh, you know, our parents were involved in understanding the value of working for themselves versus working for someone else. You know, even if, if it started a side gig, because but they but but we also realized we can appreciate how freaking hard that was. Yeah. You know, they were constantly engaged in uh, they were busy, 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 busy. And um, we kind of grew up watching them and how hard it took for them to succeed. And yeah. so we know that nothing's given to us. So we, you know, that's kind of where our drive comes from. Yep. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, I, I get, I attest a lot of my drive to uh, a work ethic to the, you know, 10 months spent in the forest ranger school at ESF. That was uh, probably by far and away the hardest 10 months of my life. Uh which in turn turned out to be the best 10 months of my life. Because when I, whenever I went to a, a, an LS's office, a surveyor's office, you know, I, I spent 20 years in the survey industry before I stepped away to become a guide and take this endeavor on full time. Um, it, that's where I got the, the work ethic right there, because you had to grind. We were there for 10 months. We only got to leave. I think twice I left three times because, you know, dad had a heart attack in 94 and which let me let me let that lead us into the the next part of what I want to talk about and 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 bring to the public and where you and I have been with all this and, and where we come from is a lot of disease and, and death in the family early on for us. We lost a lot of people over a short period of time. And I know that that was a big decision maker for you and, and led you into uh a career path in, in the army as a nurse. Am I not right there? Oh yeah, you're right. I mean, um, we, I, I tell people, I think I lost my entire family within a five 
year window with the exception of course of you know you and, and my sisters that came into my life late later in life um because of the death actually right the death yeah. of my mom yeah um so yeah it was it we we watched it happen and, and felt like helpless and yeah so you know the last straw was when um my grandmother was sick um Yes. Okay. So first it was my grandfather and then it was my mom and then it was my dad. And then my grandmother um, got diagnosed with my, like they call it in the, in the military, like your soul living, surviving parent. Right. <clears throat> of course, <clears throat> of course, our great uncle and great aunt, like all of that happened within a very short window of time. Yeah. yeah. And um, it, it, you never get used to it. You know, it, it yeah. just got worse and worse. And it was almost like this, this abandonment of, of likes for me and my grandmother got sick and I was just like, I, I can't even like, you know, what next? And so it, with so much pain in knowing the pain and watching these people suffer and, you know, with these chronic illnesses and diseases, I just, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to be something on the positive spectrum of that and, and, and make sure all of that worth something I could pay forward and do something for society. So I'm like, I just, I'm going to be a nurse. Like that's, that, let's do this. I'm going to be a nurse. I want to bring health to people. Yeah. Well, when you, when you went into the army, it's kind of a, this was kind of comical, you know, we're, we're chatting about this, but it's kind of like your private Benjamin versus the rebel. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about private Benjamin. So when I, when I went into the recruiting station, I said, I want to be a nurse. And they're like, okay, we can do that sign on this dotted line. Right. So I'm like, all proud of myself. I'm, I'm picturing myself with, you know, whites. And back then we actually actually wore the hats. That's so in my age, like the, the nursing hats and the uniform. And I was just like, so proud of myself. I was going in the army to be a, a nurse. And then when I got into basic training <clears throat> and actually passed basic training, I got issued all of my things. And I'm like, where are my white uniforms? Like, where's my, where's my whites? And they started laughing at me. And I was like, what, 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 what are you laughing at me for? And they're like, you are a combat medic. You're not a nurse. You're a combat medic. And I'm like, I'm a what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, but the rebel was, the rebel was going into basic training. Like if I could be voted anything out of, a, you know, my class, because, you know, I just wasn't the best student. I was a rebel with a cause it would be less likely to go in the military of any branch uh, or, or pass or be able to make it in the military. So yeah, I went in there going, you know, what am I doing here? Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I mean, that's, you know, talking about uh, leadership roles, I, I guess when you, um, when you retired as an E8 level, right. First Sergeant, which, uh, yeah, believe it or not. I, my goal was Sergeant Major. My goal was Sergeant Major. Yeah. That's the highest you can get on the enlisted side. Right. Um, but it got down to, you know, I don't know how much of the military I'm going to talk about, but it got down to, I had a daughter and my husband's also in the military and he was deployed left and right. And, and you know, between the two of us, one person was trying to stay home with the baby. And I was just like, okay, my, my career has probably reached its end. Let's do this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, somewhere along the lines there, you had, uh, a little health scare of your own right i mean uh, was it uh you know chronic or was there a cure or what you know where, where were you at with that well i mean the first scare i had is they told me i had cancer i had cervical cancer and one of the doctors told me i had six months to live Jeez. yeah literally yeah. out of his mouth out of his mouth the mouth that i'm supposed to um believe and trust yeah he told me that you know on a good case i would have six months to get my affairs in order so 
Well, of course, that didn't happen because here I am. Praise yeah, God. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, so I went through all the things that I had to do there. And then, um, of course, help was, okay, so first, I was obese as a child. Let's talk about that. I was obese as a child. And that's another reason I didn't have a lot of friends and family was everything. I was, I was more than chunky, okay. And um, I had some dysfunctional eating because of all the things that were going on in the family. Yeah. And then from there, I went into this uh, to be accepted. I needed to be thin. So I literally stopped eating. I remember it was diet. It was diet tab. And it was like, you know, anything I could do not to, you know, not eat to lose weight, did crazy, stupid things. This is a teenager would to be accepted. And I, I'm doing air quotes right. in, in the society. So going into the military, I wasn't the healthiest. And, um, but I thought, well, this should keep me in shape, right? But but as a nurse and a combat medic, it's like 24-7, you're on duty. And people think like people, you exercise all the time. You don't. <laughs> you, you don't exercise all the time. You are busy, but there's not like a regime. They don't tell you how to eat. You just have to make standards. Oh, so um, when I retired out of the military of 22 years, trying to um, keep standards, and sometimes that meant I had to make a, uh, make a certain weight, and I had to um, be a certain um, physical fitness, it would be cramming for a test. So like I hadn't run forever and I'm gonna go out there and run two miles and hope I, I pass it because I've been busy with life and everything else. Right. Um, so I did a lot of yo-yo dieting in those 22 years. I, so I'm, I'm gonna say, even, even as a nurse, I should be a health professional as a nurse. I wasn't, I was literally taking care of patients and giving myself to everybody else and not taking care of myself. Yep. So when I finally retired, um, I started having some symptoms that I were a little bit alarming, like everything hurt, everything was breaking down. I had inflammation, bursitis, arthritis, foggy memory. Um, I couldn't sleep. I had restless leg. I mean, if you it, literally, it was a chronic anti it was a chronic inflammation that had taken over my body. And my medical team gave up on me. They're like, you know what, Robin? They laid that chronic card down. They said, you're going to have good days and bad days, but for the majority, you're kind of stuck with this. And I was in my forties and I'm like, dude, I, I'm not, I'm not going to accept this. Right. Right. It's unacceptable. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, so that, you know, a second, a second chance at life, so to speak, and, uh, and self-educating yourself on, uh, you know, nutrition and, and gut health and holistic care. Right. I mean, yes. uh, and, and that, and that turned into, uh, you know, your, your passion there to help yourself turned into a career path such as it is right i'll tell you what your dad pegged it like i remember um he said to me what's the saying about if you know if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life yeah, is that is that the same 100%, yeah and and um so what happened with me is when you are that sick and i had I remember i had a child and i had a family and i literally was i was going downhill and i i mean i i don't I couldn't get out of bed. It was days where I couldn't work because I couldn't sit because I wasn't comfortably sitting and I couldn't stand because I wasn't comfortable standing. I was exhausted. So when they told me there's nothing they could do and I took matters into my own hand and started researching on you know nutrition and everything I had to do to bring my body up, realizing I did this to myself um, and, and brought myself back to health. Who, do, who wouldn't want to share that? Like who wouldn't want to shout that from the rooftop because there's not, there's other people. Like when you have something that you break away through and you come out on the other side, you want to share it. And that become my passion. And that in fact become um, my business, my career. Like this is it. This is what I was meant to do is to bring people into help and right. into a happy place. And that's, you know, you, you talk about dad saying that, you know, 
my dad, Woody, you know, you talk about him saying that, and that's exactly where he was with me. Um, you know, I, I started, I, I got out of college and I went to Alfred, graduated from there after I transferred out of ESF and I got home and I wanted to go right to work. I mean, I, you know, Shelly, which we're about to talk to here today, she, you know, she was in the picture at that point we were dating and I wanted to get home and just start life. So 96 was like the first year I was home and working. I ended up selling, uh, I sold one of my street rods that I had and turned it into a duck boat and started hunting with my buddies uh, just on a personal level. You know, I never started the business until 2000, but all of this, where I'm going with this is the passion that I have to do what I do. I, I don't do anything else other than hunt and fish, period. That's all I've ever done. That's all I'll ever do. And I, I got to that point where, you know, and I, and I've, I've told this story hundreds of times, but I lost my buddies for whatever reason, you know, I, I, I play it off as well. You know, they couldn't get a note to come out and play on the weekend from their girlfriend. You know what I mean? It just in jest, you know what I mean? But life happens, things happen. They have kids. They got to do this, got to do that. They don't, their life doesn't revolve around hunting and fishing. Like mine does. My life revolves around it. 100% of the time I eat it, breathe it, sleep it, poop it. That's what I do. And that passion turned into a career in, in 2000. And I, I, as you well know, I mean, we grew up together, you know, I, I was like peanut butter and jelly with my father. There was nothing he did that I didn't know about. There was nothing I did that he didn't know about. We, we, it was, that's the way we were. We, we knew one another 100%. And he said to me, you know, I, as I was complaining about, you know, losing guys on a Friday night, getting ready to hunt on a Saturday morning that I, I spent half a week setting up the hunt, finding birds, doing the scout and doing all the work. You know, I got the dogs, the decoys, the boats, the guns, the gear. I got everything. I just call the guys, come and hunt. And the guys are bailing on me and I'm, I'm getting mad. I'm like, what have I got to do to go hunting on a Saturday and get guys to show up? And dad says, well, you know, if you were charging them to come and hunt, he says, they probably show up Saturday. I'm like, well, what do we got to do to do that? You know what I mean? And uh, so we we looked into it. And next thing you know, uh, started the business in 2000. Had my, uh, the, the laws got a little bit less gray, more black and white about the captain's license on the, on the waterways here. So I knew I had to do that. I got my captain's license and and you know proceeded right on through there was there was you know you, you got a five-year business plan and like for me the first five years was uh, a hobby the second five years I started to pay some bills the third the third five years I started to pay the mortgage and the last seven have been you know full-time running wide open I'm, and here I am you know doing my thing and and that turning that passion into a career is is uh it's the American dream. I mean, it, it's, it is, it is. It, you know, a hundred percent is it's, it's the American dream. It's what we, you know, it's what we live for. And, and, you know, guys, guys used to tell me, they're like, Oh, look at, you know, you're going to turn your, your hobby into your job. You're, you know, it's going to, it's going to be a job and you're not going to like it. And it, it, that's totally not the case, you know? And, yeah. and, you know, I, I kind of got off track a little bit there. We'll, we'll get back to it. There's one other thing I want to touch on as far on the health stuff, but the guys ask me, they're like, you know, I'm a big boy. I'm six, two. I'm, I'm 
380 right now. I'm down 20 pounds. Thanks to you. You know, we'll get into that in a minute, but, uh, it's, they, they wonder, how do you do it? They're like, Barnes, how do you, how do you get up every morning at 3am for 60 days in a row during the duck season and go, you're on the water, you're running the boats, you're, you're, you know, you get out of the boat, you go to the tree stand. Well, I mean, I can tell you, I can tell you now that it, it's definitely, I'm still on the right side of 50, but, uh, and you're not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh it's not as easy to do to go from the boat right to the tree stand anymore at this point in my life but uh you know they asked me how do you do it and i and i got to a point where i was like i got to the heaviest i've ever been and i got scared i mean i was like wow you know and and that's kind of where you know you had been doing what you're doing with your career now and 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 got on your path that you're on now and, and very successful. And I'm proud of you as, as well as you're proud of me. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome to see, uh, you know, you go from that, that making that decision and having a tough time. I know you had a tough time with it because we talked about it, you know, about what your path was going to be. And then all of a sudden, boom, you get on this path, you're rocking it, you're knocking it out of the park. And then, and then you start, you know, you're, you're leaning on me. You're like, dude, look at, you need to, you know, you need to knock off a few pounds. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm like, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. Right. You know? And then all of a sudden I hit the wall and after the third knee operation, I'm like, look at, I can't, I can't keep putting uh you know, pounding my knees like this. I it, number one, it was the surveying that was really bad with some of the conditions that I was in was driving me to that but it was the weight that, that, that is the ruining factor to my knees. So it's like, all of a sudden I hit that point and I'm like, I can't, I can't, if I can't do what I love to do, there was the deciding factor for me. It, it wasn't, it wasn't about the health at that point. It was about what I love to do and what I want to do. And I, I need to be, I know I need to be healthier and make that choice. And, and uh, you know, I, I guess when, when, you've got people like yourself who I consider like the inside track, right. You know, you're, we're very close and you say that stuff and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Whatever. You, know, you just, you just, you blow it off. And then all of a sudden, boom, the light bulb went on and I'm like, okay, look at, I need to talk to Rob. I need to say, okay, what, what, what are we doing here? What, how can we get this started? You know? And, and I learned that, you know, on the weight end of things that I didn't put it on overnight, it, it happened over 30 years. So it's not going to come off overnight. And I don't myself personally, I don't want to talk about it. Like, like it's a diet. I want to, I want to talk about it. Like, okay. You know, I understand the fact that it's going to take some time for this to happen. So I don't really want to talk about it. And this is even a little rough for me to put it out there to the public because that's nothing that I really talk about, but I, I kind of felt that it's a big part of my life. And, as you are a big part of my life and you are the driving force behind me, which is where, you know, where we're at here. This is what the episode is about is every man's success is, is, uh, you know, driven by the women that he chooses to have in his life. And you were one of my choices and you were a great part of how I'm successfully getting back to being a lot healthier and being able to do what I do. And I cannot even tell you how much I appreciate that. First of all, I remember that phone call. <clears throat> And it was one of the, you know, best days of my life because, you know, we were talking about going back to the business side and the advice that family and friends give you that they think, you know, is going to help you. And in turn, you have to decipher, like, really, is that going to be true? Like, I think I have to figure it out for myself. And your family's not always the first to follow you or to support you in a business. 
So although you were supporting me from afar, you were like, yeah, that's just not for me. I don't know what she's doing here. You know, I don't like the whole word diet is a four letter word to me. I mean, it literally, I don't use diet. It's a lifestyle. And and my platform is about functional fitness and health. It's not about a certain size or a certain number on a scale. I think, I think that's where, um, I think that's where my success come from. It's not about, you know, air quote, societal acceptance of how you look and feel. By the way, I will be 60 in December. I don't know if, if the people listening know that. And, and Jason and I were talking earlier, like that was a scary number when we were a kid because we lost so many family members prior yeah. to 60, in the early 60s. All the men, uh, the, all three of the most important men in our lives never, never made it past 62. But, I, you know, there, there was some really hardcore factors that played into that too. I mean, I, you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke. My, my vice is eating as a sport. You know what I mean? I, that's, I like to eat and that's, that's, uh, that, that could be my deciding factor. You know what I mean? So I, I don't want to let that get me, you know what I mean? Yep. So it's not even about like, even, um, it's not about what you eat. It's about how much of bad things versus good things you eat. And like, I, there's, there's, you know, it's, it's a simple, balance. it's a math game. It really is. And you know, I flunked yeah. out of calculus three times before I finally passed it, but I'm thank God that, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the eating math game is not calculus. It's, it's very basic and, and you just need to understand, uh, uh, y- you know, what, what you're putting in and, and, and getting out, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's fairly simple, but, uh, once you, once you get a hold of that and realize how simple it is, then it's, and it's much easier to have success at, at doing, you know, what you want to do as far as taking off the pounds for sure. Yeah. And that's been my, that's been my, my success. That's, that's my launch pad right there is, is how easy it can be once you know what to do. Because if you look at 20, well, no, how about 40 years of yo-yo dieting, trusting the wrong people in the fitness industry versus sure. a coach that's done it herself saying, I'm not going to sell you something that doesn't work. I'm going to show you how to eat for a lifestyle. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a big part of, of, you know, who we are and, and what, the people need to know is that the, the truth for me is, is such a driving force and a driving factor. You know, it, it may not, it may not always feel good. Truth hurts sometimes, but the bottom line is, is where we come from. We come, we come from the truth. And when you, when you get something from either one of us, it, it's, it's a straight shot. It's not, you know, gonna, we, we can trust us because we're going to give you the real deal. Sometimes, like you said, sometimes, you know, clients will come to me, like you said, can I lose this overnight? Sorry, you can't, you know, yeah, so right, right, right. Not good news, and, I'm not going to say. And that, in, in my end of the business, you know, people, people will call and say, hey, are, you know, are you, are you smashing the birds? You guys, you guys killing them? If we're killing them, I'm going to tell you we're killing them. If we're not, and the birds are not here, I'm going to shoot you straight. I'm going to tell you, we're not, we're not doing worth a hoot. It's been slow. This is, this is why, you know what I mean? We, we have, um, you know, we have our own swag, you know, our scientific wild guess, you know, uh, sometimes that we put in there, but it, it's all due to experience. And, uh, you know, I'm 21 years into the business here and that's why guys come to me. They come to me for the experience and they come to me because I tell them the truth, period. There's no beating around the bush. Sometimes I tell them what they don't want to hear. And I, and I can't, and they need that. They need to hear that. That's they right. It's, that. it's, it's the truth period. It's the, you know, like the, the guy told me way back over 21 years ago, you know, when I was talking about getting into the business and, and, um, 
he says, listen, kid, you know, there's three things you got to have to be in this business. I said, what's that? He goes thick friggin' skin. And, and that's, the, you know, I got, I got thick skin, but I tell the truth. And if, you know, that's why the guys come back to me because I shoot them straight at period. That's the way it is. And, and having, you know, having said that, I want to, I want to kind of go into the next, my next point is we're both kind of major pay it forward type people. You know, we, we like to share and we like to influence through our example, if possible, uh, is, you know, as to what we do and, and how we do what we do. I know you do that. You, your industry is based solely on that because people come to you because you are, you are the example of what they want to be. And, and that's, that's very important. You know, I, I, I tell the truth and I, and I pay it forward to, to a point where, um, you know, it, it's, it's hard for me to, to, to talk about it really, but it, that's who we are. That's what we do. You know what I mean? It's selfish not to, <laughs> it's selfish to have an answer. Um, and, and, you know, a solution to someone's problem that I, like I said, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that had um, a chronic illness where the, your doctor, your medical team had given up saying, well, you know, you're just going to, you know, age not so gracefully and it'll get worse from here, but that's the right. way of life, you know, and if you can bust through that and say, hey, you, you can actually do things to feel vitality into your 80s and 90s and keep up with your great grandchildren, you'd want to share that. Yeah, absolutely. I, do. I, I take clients and, um, and I, and I, I teach them right? I, I find out what their solution is. And every, you know, as far as a fitness platform, people like to do different things and people are able to, I'm going to turn you on to your soulmate workout that you, you know, look forward to getting up to do Sure. how to eat by portioning your food. I'm going to give you a list of foods that are, that are the best, not to say that anything off the list is, is bad, but we're going to balance and moderate. Mm-hmm. It's going to become their lifestyle. And then they're going to teach their kids you know, and then it could even be a business. Like if you want to do this, I'm going to teach them how to do this so they can, you know, they can earn money too. Right. Because right. you talked earlier about um, having a dog in the fight. So I used to do this for free and people wouldn't show up. It's like, they didn't have anything invested, but if they, if they say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to buy this top line, you know, nutrient that you have, or this supplement because it works for you. And I'm going to give, I'm going to give them a a 30 day money back guarantee and it works. They're going to be like, Hey, this works. And it's all about, you know, trusting you because there's a lot of fitness coaches out there and the ones that come back to me, hopefully will be word of mouth and pay it forward, you know, to other people. And that's where your business grows. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we deal with that in the guide world too. There's a lot of people out there that call themselves guides, you know, Um, but I try to, I try to hold the bar as high as I possibly can and, and, and do the best that I can and put both feet forward for my customers. And that's why my return ratio is so high, you know, and that's why people, they keep coming back to you because they have success with what you're, you're putting out there and putting forward. So tell people, um, you know, how, how they can get in touch with you and, and, and maybe define a little bit about, you know, what, what it exactly is that you do and, and how they can get in touch with you. Um, you know, you're doing this, uh, the, you know, the health stuff is, as your career and your living. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, well, first of all, um, so my name is Robin Barnes and I'm a coach. So my email is coach Robin Barnes and that's Robin with an I, um, at Gmail. So, uh, of course, Gmail email, and I'm also on Instagram at coach Robin Barnes. And I'm also on Facebook as coach Robin Barnes. Um, 
I think my like page on, on Facebook is paying it forward fitness so that you can find me there. What I do is I will take a client um, and usually it's a whole family and, and I'll decide, you know, what I'm going to ask you, what you'd like to do, what you're able to do, what you have at home. I'm going to build a home gym, or I'm going to, you know, give you ask, ask, act, uh, accessibility to outside workouts, or I'm going to give you a program that you could take to the gym with you. And um, it's a community effort. It's just not you and me, unless you want it to be a one-on-one. Um, we do virtual workouts, but the workouts that we do are driven just like Netflix. You would pull up the workout that we have over 70 complete workouts from yoga to actually a coach to 5k for outside, um, lifting heavy. If you want to build muscle, um, we have dance fitness. We have it literally all. So I'm just going to find out, you know, what you like, and we're going to go from there, <clears throat> bring you into a community of people on Facebook or an app that we have that you can track on your phone. Sure. I'm fit you to a nutrition program. I'm going to give you a list of foods and you choose the foods that you'll eat and you won't have to eat broccoli and asparagus or whatever, if you don't like it. Um, I'm going to give you portion control advice as far as I'll even tell you how much of each food that you choose you need to eat for your goal. And um, I'm going to, you know, offer any top line supplements. It used to be back in the day that they say you have to eat real food and they don't trust supplements. If you know now what I know about the, 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 the even the real foods that we're eating, it's not as nutritionally dense as it used to be like for our parents and our grandparents because yeah. they overturned and processed the soil and you know all of that so i supplement and i'm very proud of supplements that i use um that helps my health as well as we talked about gut health and brain sure, health. And sure. so it's a full package i mean i basically have to do an assessment of where you are and what your goals are and i will offer the total solution yeah i mean I, and i can i can tell you uh, you know and tell the listeners uh, attest to it 100% that it does work i was very skeptical off off the uh, out of the gate let's say but uh, after i got involved with it put the time in with it that i needed to put in with it uh, it has helped me immensely now i have uh, you know shelly's coming up here in a little bit she has started on it as well and, it, and so it's, happy. I know, I know. That's and, paying it forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it has helped out tremendously. So um, it, I just, I can't even say enough good things about it. So Coach Robin Barnes at gmail.com. Yes. Rob, it was so good to have you here. It's great to see you. I know we don't get to see one another that often, but uh, I, I cannot even begin to tell you how uh, how great it was to sit here with you and chat. I love you so much. It was awesome. I hope we get to do it again sometime. Yeah, we will. Absolutely. We will, uh, we will do another episode and, uh, and we'll refer back to this one and, and the next one will be better than this one is. So. All right. Give, give shell my, my love hugger for me. Love you very much. Thanks for being with me. Love and you, uh, now I'd like to introduce my next guest, the love of my life, Miss Michelle Barnes, AKA Shelly, how are you, honey? Good, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Been a long day today, but uh, other than that, we're doing well. It's uh, glad to have you here. This is kind of exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Nice. It's kind of neat being on an episode of the new Fowler's Roost podcast. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Something different. I know, I know. And, uh, you know, kind of one of the things that I'm doing today is along the lines of the success that we're having, I want people to know that there's a couple of women in my life that are a big part of that success. 
And uh, my first guest, of course, as you know, was my big sister, Robin. Mm -hmm. And uh, and now the most important guest and the most important cog in the wheel here, I think, at uh, Frontenac Fowlers is, of course, you, my dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what I want people to know, basically, you know, in our conversation tonight, what I want to, to bring through is uh, how long ago I chose you and why. You know what I mean? Um, it was 30, year, 30 years ago. We've been married 21. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, you say 21 long, hard years, probably, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But, uh, you know, so just let's go back a little bit in time and, and kind of give people an idea of, you know, where, where we started out and, uh, and where we've come to today. You know what I mean? Where's uh, we met at Riva, right? Yep, met at Riva, and then uh, we asked this big time skater jam, you know, and my skates and everything with the guys, and he was there roller skating as well. And he asked one of my guy friends that I was jamming with, he already took his skates off, and he seen me skating around, and he says, Ah, oh, go, go get her phone number. Yeah, can you Ooh. get? Who is that? Who, who is that? Can you I, go get her phone number? I for need me? her number. <laughs> so he come it, out and he goes, see that guy out there? I said, yeah, I see him. What about him? <laughs> Says, well, he wants her phone number. I said, okay. So I gave it to him and he, you know, gave it to uh, Jay and he called me, you know, one time and I was teeing with my sister and then he goes, well, I'll call you again sometime. Take care. Yeah. We hung up and then, I don't know, a couple weeks later, calls me again. Same thing. He with my sister. He's like, what's up with this chick? <laughs> so, so, don't you want to talk to me? Yeah. And and then, you know, down the road after that, you know, you, you were such a hard worker. You had a job as a kid. I had a job as a kid. We both had vehicles right out of the gate. You know, 16 years old back then, that was the first time you could drive. And that's a, a testament as to who we are. I mean, we work hard for what we want and we both had what we wanted back then. You know, our, our parents obviously did right by us, but we didn't, we weren't handed anything on a silver platter. We worked for what we had and, and what we wanted. And, and that was that was, you know, down the road as we got to know one another. I mean, we, we started hanging out at lunch breaks at CCC shooting pool together at the, at the rec hall on a daily basis. And then, you know, you, uh, laid stake to the claim. So, so to speak is, uh, you know, one of the girls that come in there all the time was asking, you know, if you, if we were dating and you piped right up and was like, Oh yeah, we are. What's it to you? Beat it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, um, and and we you know we we've been together ever since you know but it was um the attractiveness for me anyways was that you you know you were such a hard worker and and didn't lack for anything because you worked hard and that, and that's that's very attractive to me and i mean i know you uh endured the test of time with me going to the ranger school and alfred state and you know stuck around through all the the misery of me being out of town and coming home and and you know hunting when i got home and that's all i that's all i ever did was hunting fish and 
you stuck with me through all the all the wars of uh you know the time time spent away hunting and you, you we we fought like cats and dogs for a while because i spent so much time hunting and didn't spend it with you Is it, am i not right there yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 we did well our ups and downs of every relationship does you know it it at what point do you think uh you know things really changed for you you know where you where you knew i know i'm kind of putting you on the spot here and this might be something that I never even knew about, but you know, where, where you knew that when it was time for me to ask, you were going to say yes. And you wanted to be around forever. Well, about when you asked, you asked in 94. Yep. The first, the first time, the, the first time <laughs> when I started the, when I started the <laughs> endeavor, I had, I got out of the ranger school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she didn't marry me. It was uh, July, I believe July 4th. Yeah, right? July 4th. Yeah. Yep. That was the anniversary of, uh, the well where the, the where the fowler's mm-hmm. roost is now the cabin there where the fowler's roost is yeah. that's uh this anniversary when it was built it was july 4th yeah uh 1970 oh let's see 75 i think is when the house was built and um when they got the ceo for the house that was you know back when we were just kids mm-hmm. before we knew anything about us but yeah I, I asked you to marry me there at the house and which is very important for me you know that's where i was born and raised and grew up and probably where we'll finish our career and we'll retire there you know make that uh you know when whenever mom's ticket gets pulled you know mm-hmm. unfortunate as it may be it's going to happen someday but we'll uh we'll make the the log cabin up there probably a bed and breakfast and finish out our retirement making our living there at the fowler's roost and, and uh and guiding hunts and stuff but um you know, so a little bit of a little bit of back history there. You know, we've been. Yes, yeah, so I, I was I was ready. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I started planning, you know, and 96, uh, 96 was really when I bought my first duck boat, sold my street rod and kind of knew that, you know, uh, it was it was time to make a make a change. And and that was one of the big things uh, as far as where you come into play, as far as finances, because I was. I had a street rod, I had an off-road mud bogger, I had all kinds of toys. I was, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul and, and could have never started a business at that point because I was so far behind and everything. And you you sat down with me and said, hey, look at, you know, if, if we're going to do this, we need to straighten this out and get it right, you know, and, and uh, that you came into play heavily there. I mean, you really taught me how to to you know tighten uh, tighten up the belt and and you know get serious about doing one thing and not 15 different things and spending money all over the place and and focusing on on one thing you know and um so you know you you had a, a serious hand in that you know teaching me how to do that stuff and and I can't even begin to tell you how much I appreciate that because I wouldn't be where I am today you know without you for sure and I'm not afraid to admit that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's, uh, yeah. it, it is the truth that, uh, you know, every man's success has, has to do with the women that he has in his life. And, and you play a, a very important role in mine in, in many, many ways, but that was the first big, big deal right there. You know what I mean? And yeah. Uh, Cause you had credit cards all, all maxed out yeah, maxed gas out. cards this card that card you name it he had it yeah. i'm not gonna pay this guy because i gotta pay this guy yeah like, you and can't do that i said you can't do that i go you have to 
call them and set up a payment arrangement or something. You can't just say, oh, yeah. well, I'm not paying this because I don't have any more money. I'm like, no, you got to pay something. Right. It just, it just, it wasn't working. And, and you definitely got me straightened around there. Um, you know, which, which obviously brought the credit ratings back around and, and um, we got, we got married in July of 2000 and started the business in September of 2000. So 2000 was a, was a huge year for us. Um, and, and it was, you know, solely due to you that, that my credit was back to, to, to snuff. I mean, we still continued to work hard. We never, you know, didn't work or anything like that. We always worked hard, but it, it was me that convinced you to not rent someplace. I remember when we, when we started, uh, yeah. you know, looking at, at, you know, at the house and stuff and we bought the house together in 99, a year before we got married. And, and, uh, and again, it was because of your hard work and, and getting me to tune myself up in that finance end of things that, that got us to that point. And then, you know, I had my first, I bought my first duck boat in 96 and ended up selling my street rod. And, uh, that we sold that boat to put money towards the, the big boat, the big, the paddles up, we call it, you know, the, the boat that we bow fish out of and, and hunt ducks and geese out of, which is our number one boat now. Uh, you know, the front neck fowlers bow fishing is, uh, is become so successful where the, I believe it to be, we're the largest commercial bow fishing entity in the state of New York right now with a three boat fleet. And back then I couldn't even fathom that idea. Mm -hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? The, the, the first five years of the, of the business was kind of a hobby business. And, and, you know, you helped me put money back towards the, towards the business and get things you know, build and build and build while it was a hobby. And then into the second five years, we started to pay a few bills with the, with the business and got the captain's license and got a little bit more serious about, uh, you know, where we were going and where we were doing things. And, uh, you know, the other thing uh, alongside of the finances, you helped me out tremendously with the dogs. I mean, yeah. our, our boys and, mm -hmm. and way back 20 years ago, we had, we had girls back then, you know, we had Belle and, and Indy and Indy ended up just being your house pet because I, I basically kicked her out of school because I had Kang, the male, big <laughs> strapping male come into play, at, uh, which was her brother. And, uh, but you do, I, I would have to say it's at least 50% of the training. I do a lot of the outside work. And you're doing all the socialization and inside work. I mean, that's that's really huge. I mean, these these dogs wouldn't be as pleasurable and and mind as good as they do if it wasn't for you. Thanks. Yeah, I, mean, I like them. Yeah, I mean, it's, I like animals. You know, you and I, you and I made an agreement also uh, thirty years ago, basically, uh, to to not have any children, and that was a big uh, that was a huge decision. Um, you know, um, for the both of us. And, and we, once we started dating, I knew, I knew from the start that I didn't, I didn't want kids and, and which is probably a shame because both of us would have been fantastic parents. I mean, would have raised great kids, beautiful kids, you know what I mean? But it just, I knew, I knew a long, long time ago that I did not want to have kids. I, I like to come and go and do as I please. And you are very much the same type of person um, you know, we have a, an immense amount of trust for one another and you come and go as you please. Back in the day when we used to go up 
to the local gin mill up here and have fun on Friday, Saturday <laughs> nights, you'd be coming in at two 30 and I'd be going out the door at two 30, you mm-hmm. know, and passing ships in the night and, and, uh, you know, never, never a, a trust issue or anything like that. And, and, uh, it, you know, that back to the, getting back to the dogs and whatnot, it, it, it is an Im- immense amount of work to train these dogs and our dogs are our kids. You know, we're, we got off, I got off the subject there just a little bit, but we're talking about kids. Our dogs are our kids. Mm-hmm. We, we made a choice to not have kids way back, but we, we took on the responsibility of, you know, training and owning working gun dogs mm-hmm. and, uh, more so our, our dogs are meat dogs. I, I wouldn't even go so far as to say they're gun dogs. Our dogs are meat dogs. Our dogs are commercial grade, uh, animals that hunt on the daily, and, and they just get it done. We, we own duck retrieving machines mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, and it's just, you know, uh, the, the recent, the two recent dogs that we've got, you know, Ace, Ace going to be 10. As a matter of fact, in a couple of days mm-hmm. and, uh, and then Fritzy, he'll be, he'll be six in October. Uh, Fritz has turned out to be just an absolute machine. I mean, he, he is, you know, Ace, we call Ace, Mr. Automatic. <laughs> he he's uh he's just so automatic when he retrieves you you shoot he goes and does and he gets it done mm-hmm. you know and you don't have to tell him anything no not really you mm-hmm. know what i mean so you know tell us a little bit about you know what you do with the boys inside the house and as far as how you socialize them and and you know you you talk to them a lot i talk to them all the time sure i'm like hi boys come on and actually ace lays on my bed and he'll be laying on the couch and he'll as soon as I go in my bedroom he gets down off of the couch and I'm like come on buddy let's get on mama's bed go night night bloop he comes in jumps on my bed and and now that you're working at home you you've got him on almost on a regimented schedule where you can come down midday and they don't really they don't really move mm-hmm. you, you know but once you come down at, at four you know five o'clock when you're done from your office now being upstairs those boys go crazy because they know it's dinner time yeah they know it's not just break time or lunch time they know it's like they have an alarm clock they know it's five o'clock and he's off the couch and on the two steps he won't go all the way up the stairs like fritz but he'll go up a couple steps and he's jumping up and down he's like a jumping jack and barking because <laughs> he knows what time it is he knows it's dinner time let's go mom hey, yep yeah and then yep. and and mr fritz he follows you know he's my shadow both of them are you know at at, at points i mean they're both like right by my side when you're in the they, kitchen doing dishes they, they follow me all they, over the place they lay right there fritz will be down in the office i'll go inside he goes up the basement stairs he has to go in the office to see or upstairs to go see where i am what i'm doing right Right. And then, you know, I'll let them out. I say, you got to go potty, boys. They'll go outside. Fritz, I said, go down, back down to the office with daddy. Down the stairs he goes. <laughs> hey, he's a card, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, how about how about training Fritz to deliver to hand? Uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Jay was having uh, problems with him stockpiling the birds and not bringing them right back to his hand. Laying them behind the boat. He'd go lay them behind the boat on a, on a multiple retrieve. You know, we're, we're constantly gunning with, you know, four to six people, you know, with customers in the big boat and we'll have multiple drops, you know, several times a day on a, on a good day. And you send him out 
to retrieve. He'll come back. He'll go back behind the boat, just touch dry ground, set the bird down. You send him out for another one, and he goes back. And he'll he'll go. He'll come and go as many times as you send him. But he wants to make his own pile back there, and that comes from my time of not being able to formally train him because I'm doing so many things with the fishing charters and you know fishing charters in the morning, you know regular fishing. Then I'm out at night from nine at night till one in the morning. It just doesn't leave enough time in the day to do any formal training. And and I have a real hang up personally about, you know, sending my dog someplace. You know, we, you, you and I have had a bad experience with sending a dog to a trainer, uh, Ace in particular. I uh, got him back and, and he was just all tore up and it, rashes and irritations and allergies and well, wherever he was being kept. And, and I just, I said, never again, I'm never going to send a dog to a trainer again. And, and I don't, I don't have to now because you, you tune them up inside and I put enough birds in front of them and train them on the fly where they're doing, they're doing what they need to be doing in right. my world for me. Right. They, they may not be SRS dogs or, you know, these, these, these fancy, you know, highbrow dogs that are all whistle trained and all that. But eventually, by the time they're in their prime, four, five, six, seven, eight years old, I've got them whistle trained, hand signal trained, and they're tuned up. By the time they finish their career and retire out, I've got them tuned up pretty good. But the hand that retrieving the hand, you have done an immense job with Fritz inside and working with him. And now when he retrieves to me, he'll come when we're in the number one blind, he'll come right up the stairs, come right in the door of the blind with a bird, sit right next to me, and I'll send him on the next next bird and if we're if we've got the the boats and we're out in the bays tucked up along the shorelines he comes right up the dog ladder you know all the dogs have got custom welded dog ladders custom spots for the dogs to sit to be comfortable and try to keep them as warm as possible you know we we treat our our treat our boys pretty good the best we can when we're out there and now he comes right in the boat walks right up the dog ladder right to the back seat and hands the birds right to me and that's an a testament to you and what you do here at the house and and that's that's huge so it took you know, me what one maybe two weeks two weeks tops, tops. And, and you had him you had him because he, 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 loves, he loves playing with socks and he won't chew them up he just likes to have them next Car to him carry him around carry him around and then lay and have it next to him and the boys play tug of war with him so i said well i can train him to bring him right back to your hand i said i'm just gonna train him you know because he I say fetch up the sack and he knows what I'm talking about. So I said, I'm going to just tell him to go fetch the sack, you know, bring it to daddy. And he knows, he knows who daddy is. Yeah. So sure enough, I said, fetch up the sack and he fetched it up and I said, okay, bring it to daddy. He goes right over. Jay puts his hand out right, right in his hand. Puts and he, a couple times, you know, he dropped it on the floor. I said, nope, fetch it up. So then you pick it back up right right in Jay's hand. And I said, give him a biscuit. Yep. And, and it's all every time he does it, give him a biscuit. It's and, all repetition, you know, and, and and you know, repeating that same thing over and over and over. And, and you've done it so much and you have the time to do it here. Whereas when I'm out, when I'm out in the field, I don't have the time, you know, to to, to mess around. I'm too busy fishing, I'm too busy building blinds, working on boats, doing maintenance, keeping them. I do everything myself, basically. You know, I do all the maintenance in-house on all three of the motors. You know, I, I do have uh you know, Frontenac Harbor helps me out quite a bit. Their main mechanics, great friend of mine. You know, when I when I get something that I can't do, that's who I call on. 
and but it's it's all time and i just don't have the time to do it and with you picking up that extra you know half an hour hour a day that you spend with the dogs in their presence and working with them on on just the little minor things has helped out tremendously and and gets us to where we need to be with what we need our dogs to do Mm -hmm. and um you know that that is that is an an immense help i was like i don't want to pay i mean to send my dog to a trainer i'll train my own dog 700 to a thousand dollars a month to train a dog i mean i'll I'll train my own dog yeah and and you you know you know he's going to be safe you know that nothing's going to happen you've got full control of them here we got fenced in ground and uh well not only that but it's it's hard because you send them away to for a trainer you know to a trainer for six months and they're training them so it's like okay when you get them back are they going to listen to you because they've been listening to somebody else for six months yeah i mean they 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 do in a sense because you know I know how to, I know how to handle them. Dad taught me years ago on how to handle the dogs and stuff like that. So that you, you do, one thing you do have to do though, is you do have to work with the trainer to, to see their style of training. Like I would have to work with the trainer. You would have to work with the trainer so that you know that you're working along the same lines as the trainer did. Then it makes the transition from the trainer to you, the, the owner that much easier so you do have to take a little time and work with the trainer directly it's not just sending the dog away you know what i mean right. so you, you get you get that in a, in a mm-hmm. you know in a sense you have to do that but so I, one of the other things i wanted to talk about is you know the, the way that you help out at the lodge i mean there's no way that i could run the fowler's roost facility without you and, and at this point now you're you're my backup, you know. But at one point you you were the main you were the main deal. You were helping me out when beds needed to be flipped, dishes needed to be washed, floors needed mopping, you know, sanitizing everything. You go through there like a whirlwind, and nobody does it like you do. Trust me, <laughs> you you are you are the best. There's no two ways about it. Um, so you know that that's uh you're, you're selfless. You're one of the most selfless people I've ever met in my entire life. And, uh, and I certainly don't know what I could, what I would do without you, you know, not just in the business world, but as far as, you know, our relationship here at home, you know, you, you were just absolutely amazing and I love you to death. <laughs> yeah. You're entirely welcome. Well, that is all we have time for today, folks. Stick with us for our next episode of the Fowler's Roost podcast. I'm Captain Jay Barnes, and I'm out. If you'd like to listen to more episodes on demand, please visit the Fowler's Roost Podcast.podbean.com. For interest in guided hunting or fishing trips with Captain Jay, please visit FrontenacFowlers.com or call 315 406 4763. For lodging accommodations during your stay in the Finger Lakes, visit thefowlersroost.com.